So, where did everybody go? What, you can't take the heat? I was just making a point. You can't take the heat? No, we can't take you, you ignoramus. Hey, this is Michelle Spiber, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about how to deal with the stupid one in the center. Oh yes, I'll see you on the flip. We all deal with them. You know, that obnoxious, annoyingly uh, know-it-all bully. Yeah. Whether they're in your family or you work with them or, heaven forbid, you're in a relationship with them, God bless your heart. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Now, the other day, I talked about don't ruin this with your facts. And I got some feedback and I thought it was cool. And they made a good request. They were like, okay, I understand about those people who... Uh, are always right and who never change their opinions or say they're sorry. But how do you deal with the people who are just ignorant, who are just stupid? And I was like, okay, yes, we can deal with this. And so in today's world, everybody has their own understanding because they are constantly getting affirmed that they are right. And we have a lot to blame for this. First of all, we have a lot of raw information coming at us that's unprocessed and it is given to um, people who are unprepared to understand how to process this information. Then we also have the effect of the echo chamber in um, our the way we receive information based on our search rhythm, algorithms, search, no, excuse me, based on our search algorithms and reinforcements, whether we are uh, clicking on websites, retargeting pixels and the like, they follow us around and they continue to give us more of what we're already looking for. And so we are having major divisions and we're having people who feel, and rightly so, based on what, what their world looks like, that they're right. But what about that that one, you know, the one who is uncouth, who does not have the home training of a skunk and they are just just making everybody's life miserable. How do you deal with it? And I wish that I could give you all the different ways, but one of the ways that I am going to to quote unquote deal with this is to tell you a quick little story about a Samurai. He was an older samurai and he was on a boat trip to transport him to a different place. And he was sitting there quietly with his eyes closed, meditating. And up comes a young, younger samurai with something to prove. And he confronts the older gentleman. Now, this gentleman uh, who is older is actually one of the best samurai in history. And I can't say his name starts with the M y'all don't, don't get bad with me, but I'm like, I don't want to murder the man's name and I respect him. So he's sitting there minding his own business, meditating and all of that. And the, the younger samurai comes up to him and tries to goad him into a duel. And he, uh, it gets animated and all of that. And he, he wants to get the man to put up or shut up. And so then he goes on to ask him, well, what school of training do you come from and all this? And you're not a samurai, you're just pretending. And so the older gentleman, without opening 
his eyes says, you know, I come from the school of I can beat you without, uh, you know, uh, lifting my sword or something like that. And that, oh, that just incenses the younger samurai. And so um, he agrees. He's like, okay, well, I will definitely duel you. And he's like, um, let's uh, let, let's let's go over here. And so he instructs instructs the boatman to take them uh, to the shore of a uh, an island nearby. And as they near the young upstart, he is just like, come on, bring it on, man. You know, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to show you I'm the best and you're just a fake and all of this kind of stuff. And so the young man jumps off uh, to the shore. He gets his uh, sword out, starts warming up. And the older man puts his sword uh, quietly down where by his, his area where he's sitting. And he quietly takes the oar from the boatman and he pushes off and he pushes off and he expertly quickly moves the boat away from the shore. The young man is like, wait, whoa, whoa, where are you going? Where are you going? And the old man tells him, I told you I come from the school of beat you without ever picking up a sword. And he leaves the young man and um, the the story goes on that the young man c- continues to yell until his voice becomes faint because they have left him on the shore. And I thought that was just so brilliant. And the reason why is, first of all, the older guy, he was not meditating. He was just, you know, being, you know, sitting there and enjoying the sun. And when the young upstart came to him, he didn't think about I need to show him, you know, a thing or two. I need to school him or need to get him told or straighten him out. No, the first thing he thought about was the danger of allowing this young man to pull his sword on a crowded boat. And so for him, his first uh, thought was to isolate this young man so that he could do no more damage to those around him. And likewise, one of the most powerful things that we can do with an upstart is to isolate. Um, If you look at the listings of uh, great tactics of power, um, here's looking at you, Robert Greene, with the 48 Laws of Power. One of the tactics that's listed, that is, I mean, it's, it's almost to the point where it's diabolical. That is to go silent and ignore. And no matter how powerful or big of a bully someone is, when you ignore them and go silent and they cannot get any type of reaction out of you, you have snatched not only the power, but the very air and support out of their antics. It has been said with a truth that it takes two people to have tension and to quarrel. If one person is active and the other person is undaunted, there is no kerfluffle. There is no argument, no fight, because you can't fight with the wind. Sorry, just can't. <laughs> and and so that example of how the older samurai, who was the best, 
He could have smite that man with one blow and taught him a valuable lesson about rushing up on people and you don't know who they are. But yet and still, he looked at it and uh, taught the, the young man a valuable lesson in thinking before you act. And no one made him turn that boat around from what I understand, because I guess everybody was sick of the young man. And so one of those things when dealing with that stupid one in the center is to ignore and deprive them of getting any kind of rise out of you. Um, it, And then this is the next one. And like I said before, these fall into the very diabolical areas. The next one, when you have trolls and bullies, and I did a podcast a while back on this, you know, this, this podcast of trolls and how to deal with them. And we even talked about how they've been able to isolate uh, a genetic marker that makes people more, um, probable of becoming one. We've also talked about the element of the everyday sadist, that person who derives pleasure from uh, other people's pain or suffering or misery. And so we've, you know, derived all of that. But one of the things that I did not talk about in that episode that I want to discuss at this point, especially when dealing with those obnoxiously annoying know-it-alls and people who tease um, mercilessly is to allow them to activate the the, uh, mechanism of shame. And and it's not just ostracization. It's, It's not just being kicked out of a group. It is where they are allowed to be shamed. Now, Let's talk a little bit about shame and uh, public shame. One of the things that I learned, and I actually learned it from John Ronson, who is a a, a famous British uh, reporter, and he's done some uh, great in-depth studies and uh, wrote books about them. And in, in one of his books, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, he actually talks about the effect of shame on a person. And I thought that if you're dealing with someone who is obnoxious, who has a propensity to be brash and rude and mean to people, that if they have these conditions and they are a sadist, that they won't care about being shamed. But it turns out that many of them have a lower tolerance for being shamed. And thus, by even suggesting that they will be ridiculed and shamed and that the tide will turn around on them is enough to get them to calm down. Case in point, recently, there is this um, this person who uh, earlier this year called the cops on someone who uh, was taking a nap in um, the residence on campus of a university. And this was not the first time this person had done this. Um, And they called the cops. It turned out that they were wrong. They made certain assumptions about the person. And the cops didn't do what they wanted. Okay, so now that they have had this public shaming 
And it has been called into question that you didn't do this once, twice, or even three times. You have shown a pattern for doing this. And the public came out um, against what they were doing. They have now filed uh, some police reports and things um, and uh, are actually suing to try to get a certain documentation because now they are wanting to prove that they were right and that uh, they were the actual ones that were treated badly by uh, the situation. And what this is, is this is an example because no one is really paying attention to them now. And it is not, and I do not want to try to say that we can just, with a tight little bow, put Uh, some type of name on them or their actions. This is just to show a little bit of an illustration in real time of what happens when the uh, bully, and I don't want to call them a bully because I don't know this situation. And so I'm not equating this particular example with with this general knowledge of what I'm saying. But what I, I will say is this, this is an example of what happens when our antics backfire on us. And so when you've got that person in the center who is trying to get a rise out of people or whether they're trying to win an argument, what they are doing on a subconscious level is to show you that they belong or to show you that they are worthy, they belong, or that they want you to back them up and follow them. They secretly want to be a leader of some faction or or something. And when you take that away by allowing shame to come in based on what they've done, that they cannot handle it. Now, let's talk a little bit about what John Ronson said about, so you've been publicly shamed. And one of the points that he made was that when we, not we, because I uh, my ancestry was not a part of this, but when a lot of colonies and small towns um, in the early parts of the United States were being formed. They needed ways to police the people or keep them orderly. And so as part of punishment for bad deeds, they would use things like shaming for lesser crimes. So capital punishment of uh, um killing someone uh, and, and, and those types of things were dealt with very harshly, but they thought a lower punishment would be to put someone in public, in the public stocks or to identify someone as someone uh, in the community that had been disrespectful. We even have a, a famous story of the Scarlet Letter uh, for adultery. And it did not last long. I'll say this. Public shaming did not last very long because it was a harsher punishment than even amputating someone's hand for continually being a thief or or, 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 or many other diabolical kind of, not diabolical, but, but many other um, deadly almost um, punishments that people would suffer. And the reason why was because of the long-term effects of what the shaming did. You see, these people didn't, quote-unquote, learn a lesson as much as they were psychologically damaged because of the shaming. 
Now, if you notice, I've said when dealing with that person uh, who is determined to be the, the, the one in the center and they are stupidly going after that pursuance, I'm not saying that you go out of your way to shame them. I am saying that you can allow them to just do what they do. And it is something about how things happen that they usually end up getting their just desserts. Over and over again, when you uh, see different little movies, uh, uh, comedies and things where you have the bully, the, the, the boisterous one, they end up being mocked or they end up getting a big dose of their own medicine and they can't handle it. And it's, it's true. It, it really is. And so that's another way. So the, the thing that I am uh, wanting to show us today as part of the wisdom smack is that instead of dealing with the stupid with an opposite opposing force of correction or our outwardly show of quote unquote love, you know how some people try to pull them to the side and talk some sense into them is to allow them to flow in their own own devices, their own makings um, by ignoring them and by, like I said, allowing them to get their, their, uh, you know, dose, uh, their own dose of their own medicine. And so like the, uh, the next thing I want to say about this, you know, when dealing with the stupid one in the center, we have talked about uh, the DK effect. It starts, uh, stands for Dunner Kruger. And these were two scientists that dealt with uh, confirmation bias, but then they also um, looked a little further down. And it's, uh, the effect is the less someone knows, the more they think they know. And so, you know, when you're dealing with these adulpated simpletons, and I know that's probably, you know, saying the same word over and over again, they don't understand that everyone is not at their level. And when I say that, I mean that they don't have or they have not considered to have taken a survey of their surroundings to see where people are. Or they make huge assumptions that everyone thinks just like they do. Everyone has had the same background and experience that they have and that they are the superior ones for it. Uh, they talk about, with the with the DK effect, they talk about this isolational um, illusion where they are so narrow-minded and because they have convinced themselves so strongly of what they believe in that it must be absolutely forthright, forthright. And be careful when people have these I knows and I am certain and this is the way it is and they are dogmatic about it and they are they are they refuse to budge you're probably dealing with one now if you happen to be the stupid one in the center these are some of the things i want to additionally add on as we are you know coming to the end of our little talk today i want you to to start noticing do you feel like at times, things are over your head and thus you need to correct people and bring them back down? Do you feel like 
You need to scorn people because you think that they are too far out, that they are trying to be too, you know, the kids like to say today, you being so special, you know, and those types of things. If you find that there are times when you want to bring people back down and you think that you know best because you think you don't have to do all of that. You're doing too much. You know, that you're just off the subject. You might be the stupid one in the center. Stop allowing things to be over your head. Instead, take the initiative to stretch, grow, and to understand that we never stop learning. And the more we learn, the more we don't know. I mean, the more we become aware of what we don't know. We need to make sure that we stop ignoring the basic instincts of always adapting, of always moving, of always learning. And this is the thing that you need to know. Not everyone is for your good when you doth protest too loudly and show your ignorance. Oh, no. There are master manipulators out there willing and ready to take advantage of the very person who believes that they are the smartest in the room. You actually become the mark. The more people feel like they are certain and that they have all the answers, the more they they, telegraph and identify to those who mean you know well or mean you know good that they are ripe for the taking. We talked about this a little bit in a previous podcast uh, where we talked about, you know, having a mind ripe for the taking. And that is because if you are inflexible, if you believe that you know it all because you have gone to many websites that confirm your, your information and you have not sought to go on the other side of the argument and go down the rabbit hole of what it says, you have no right to protest so loudly. These master manipulators, when they when they see you and you clearly identify yourself, which a lot of folks who are guilty of this happily do, all they do is they come in and they start to appeal to your self-interest, your self-delusion, and your self-centeredness. And they start to employ a strategy where they become lesser and weaker. It has been said that in my country of origin, where I am right now, and I I love my country, I'm, I'm I'm not saying anything bad, but we have a global reputation for being the stupid one in the center. We have a global reputation for thinking we know all things and. We don't even know. Now, now, let me just say this, and this is not to bash us, but it, it tends to be true. We don't, we don't tend to know our own geography of our country, let alone that of others. The average person outside of our country knows more about uh, the United States geography, politics, and things than vice versa. But yet and still, a lot of America, Americans tend to believe that their way is the right way. Um, I was doing some study the other day um, and I uh, came across the idea of peace and only to realize that there are some cultures that for them, peace is not the ultimate goal. 
And they believe that through rigorous uh, interactions, conflict, and battle, that they are always progressing their uh, culture and they are showing that they they are invested in it. To them, peace looks like apathy. Peace looks like abandonment of affection for those you love. For them to have tiffs and spats and fights it equals love. And that is their culture. And that is fine because that is their truth. And yet and still, when someone comes in and presupposes that peace is the only way, you become the stupid one in the center. And thus, you get what you get when you go to someone else's country trying to put your values on top of their culture and trying to usurp their rights of what is right and wrong for them. And like I said, this is not about bashing my country or or the ways or, or whatever, but it is always amazing to me that the stupid one in the center does a few things. First, they believe that their way of thinking makes things uh, that that is the only right way. And then they always like to possess. They like to say, my this, my that. If you don't like it, you can get out. If you don't like it, then um, so what? You know, and, and it's like I said, it's very annoying. It's very brash. And it highlights that you're the stupid one in the center. Um, as you guys know, I, like I said, I have been studying strategies and a lot of different things for some, um, a series that I'm really excited about that I'm working on. And, you know, um, not, you know, but I am, I'm just enjoying it. And what I'll say is that going through history as well as what's going on today, it is, it is actually a shame at how many times, we are continued, uh, we, we're, we are like kind of like coddled in our ignorance and that we tend to have this myopic, very narrow view, worldview. And, and thus we make these bold proclamations like we know something. Like even with my podcast, I'm like, oh, Michelle, you got so much to learn and grow. You can't say that this is the only way it is. No, this might be a way, like even with what I'm telling you, this is a way for when it works and it's okay for when it doesn't. But I'll, 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 I'll say the point that I was trying to make. And that is that where I was raised in a culture where uh, might makes right and that uh, aggressively defend my beliefs, there are other opposing cultures who believe that truthiness, <laughs> Colbert, that truthiness is a moving target that is used uh, when the occasion allows and can change for the benefit of self. There are some cultures that have no problem with allowing you to believe that you are winning for as long as it takes because they are playing a different game than you are and they understand that you are the stupid one in the center and that they understand these very things that I'm talking about that by you can be controlled by isolation, alienation of affection, uh, by uh, allowing you to run headfirst into the, the public shame uh, of what's going to happen if you continue with your actions. And also by just the very fact of 
you uh, never taking the initiative to continue to grow. They can run circles around you and keep you cocooned in this blissful ignorance of yours while they take everything from you, whether it be your resources, the little you do have. And I truly do uh, appreciate the saying that says to whom much is given and much is required, but to whom has, you know, little, and I know I'm murdering this, even that which you have will be taken from you. I, I get that. And so how to deal with the stupid one in the center. A lot of times I want to say this, it's not necessarily the obvious person. Sometimes there are things within ourselves that we stand 10 toes on thinking that we're absolutely right. And that is our stupidity in the center. I'll say that instead of trying to be right, instead try to be understanding and we will get to being able to refine our North Star of guidance. We will be able to start taking the initiative to truly stretch and grow and never stop learning. We will start to move into the realm of mastery, where, as I've said before, at this particular time of my understanding, mastery is the state of always being in perpetual motion to learn. Mastery is the state of being in perpetual motion of learning and and knowing that for the rest of your life, you got to always be continuing to learn. That's when you become a master. And so when dealing with the stupid one in the center, I'll leave you with this. Don't try, if, if, if you're dealing with some, a physical person, don't try to uh, correct them or to uh, argue with them. No, instead, use a very powerful thing of getting them away from others that they can harm and ignoring them. Or number two, you can allow them to uh, get their, their just due by allowing them to continue in their actions and letting them school themselves because public shame is real, real when you do bad things. And then lastly, continue to learn, stretch and grow and identify those areas in your own life where that might be the center of your stupidity. So guess what? My time is up. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.